Hello, humans! It's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast, DC Comics Review Show number 141. This is the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me, as always, to join the fun is Brandon. Hello, everybody. And Josh. I mean, I know this is a DC show, but why doesn't Marvel use Hulk to advertise more? He's basically one big banner. <laughs> I will smash you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't believe that I didn't elicit a response from Brandon. I, I think he's that was trying my to best ignore work. that it happened. <laughs> oh my god and i thought my jokes were bad when i when we started this i thought i had the bad jokes what the hell man oh, no. <laughs> stole my thunder <laughs> i aim for excellence in i i <laughs> i aim for excellence in uh in my dad joke puns that's the cornier fair. the better as we all should. All right. Well, if you <laughs> don't worry, so do we. So if you ever <laughs> want to get in touch with us and tell us how much Josh's jokes make you cringe, send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com and complain to us on Twitter at notarobotcomics. And you can DM us on Instagram at NAR Comic Books. And if you feel like getting into our Discord server, just visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR Podcast where you can get access to it and talk to Josh directly on Discord. We have lots of channels. There's even one for jokes and one that's called Yellow Josh where you can tell him how much his jokes made you cringe. It's perfect. <laughs> Set up for you already. It's perfect. <laughs> all right so to for. today for books we are looking at poison ivy number 11 batman number 134 the flash 796 and adventures of superman jonathan kent number two i felt weird calling him jonathan john kent number two <laughs> um small week very small week i think there was eight books total from dc we're covering four of them. Uh, seven, I think. Seven, yeah, seven, seven or seven. I think I'm one aware. one was was an animated series. I think like a Scooby Doo or something on oh, uh, League oh, of Comic yeah. Geeks. So I usually just go by that, which is kind of weird because they they don't list the uh, milestone stuff under DC, but they don't have it listed anywhere else. So I never see milestone stuff on League of Comic Geeks when it's coming out. Yeah, it's really annoying. Only when, only when uh, you. You uh, do the the publisher filter. Yeah. If Milestone has a book coming out that week, it will be there. If if not, then it won't. 
I, I've even tried that. I don't remember seeing anything for Milestone, though. But it might be Make wrong. a note of it. Make a note of it yeah. the next time that... Uh, next time. Next time we know that that uh, Milestone book is coming out. Fair enough. I think there was one last week. There was one recently, I think. Wasn't there? Wasn't there yeah. an issue of Static or something? Yeah. I'll go back and check. Anyway. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, as for news, Which is awesome. I think that we should. Yeah, I, I, I haven't gone into it myself, but I've seen some stuff online, and it's yeah. looking it's looking really good. Brandon has his mouth full of tacos, but he's been talking to us this whole time. He wanted to remind us the 30th anniversary issue also just came out from Milestone. Yes. Yes. Can't blame them for the tacos. <laughs> yeah, tacos are good. Oh, Speaking yeah. of corny, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. So we got a lot of news. Oddly enough, there was so much news came out this week uh, from I think it was MegaCon was last weekend, and then just a whole flurry of other stuff happened since we last recorded our show. So there's a, I've like I, I mentioned to you guys before we started, I have nine points of news to bring up and between the three of us there was no overlap. So <laughs> I don't know it how much you guys have. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Um I, I guess I can go first, as I know Josh you like to go last and, and Brandon is currently eating. So I, I can go first. Um Sounds good. I'll try to do it in order of excitement. Uh, so starting us off, we have McFarland just today actually announced a new line of McFarland figures, the McFarland Collector's Edition, and this this Naturally. might be used specifically for the three of us right now. Uh, <laughs> but if there's any other toy collectors listening, this is something very interesting. Um, there were no logos present and the announcement so there is it's up in the air as to what's going to be in this uh but it is described as uh an addition that's bringing market character driven action figures designed and produced exclusively for the core collector and with a special focus on a rich and diverse catalog of characters mcfarland collector edition allows the most dedicated fans to complete their desired universe and that phrasing piqued my interest for you specifically josh because since oh yeah got into mcfarland you've been wanting to collect the bat family so this might actually be the way this might be it yes um i need it and it's starting i need a cassandra kane that isn't used and a hundred dollars that's what yeah that's (laughs) that would be great and i need a bluebird (laughs) damn it yeah that that's that might be more likely this year, but if it doesn't happen this year, I don't know that's ever going to happen. Which is a shame because Bluebird has an awesome design. Uh, that is coming this year, actually this summer, summer twenty twenty three, for collectors by collectors, which is very interesting. Oh, um, I want, but I want Bluebird and I want Black Atlas. That'd be cool. Um, He's a Gotham character; she counts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this isn't specific to DC Multiverse, though. Like, we're again, that's just speculation, so it might not incorporate DC Multiverse whatsoever. Though chances are it will, because that is that is a huge cash grab for McCarlin. 
uh, but they also do Spawn, Warhammer, uh, they do other movie-related toys, obviously they do Spawn, so there's all sorts of options here. Uh, even if you visit their, their Amazon store, they have a lot of the brands, they have Avatar figures, they have all sorts of, of anime, I think Seven Deadly Sins has some figures, One Piece, if, you, if you're into anime and stuff, but... They have all sorts of stuff. Dragons, McFarland dragons look gorgeous. So there, there's a lot to come down the oh, line yeah, potentially. Uh, so that's something to look forward to this year. Uh, what was this one? Let me just open this one up. Fuck, you're slow. Oh my god. Oh yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll save that one for later. Sorry, that was weird. Uh, yeah, this this came out last Friday. Uh, wow, the article is down. But basically, E3 uh, has been cancelled yet again this year, uh, which this was announced, I think, right before we recorded last week, uh, but we didn't get a chance to bring it up. Uh, so I'll bring it up now. E3, if you're a big gamer, you know about E3. Uh, it's been going on for a couple of decades now, but the past couple of years, it has not been happening. And I believe it was 2021, they tried a, a complete digital version after the pandemic happened. Um, they took 2020 off because it was just too soon to try and scrounge something together. But 2021, they had an online convention. Um, and then 2022, they just canceled it from lack of interest in 2023 it's the exact same thing lack of interest so it looks like e3 might be dying away and times they are a changing so who knows what's going to happen in the future i quite honestly the big three in terms of game companies with microsoft sony and nintendo they haven't really been present at e3 in the past five six years anyway so <laughs> it's not not really going anywhere um uh, we'll see next year if anything happens uh Joe Casada has a new yeah. job. This came out last Friday as well. Um, he is now working at Amazon, and he is going to be working in their film and TV series division, uh, in pushing for comic book films and TV series hosted on Amazon Prime Video, which is very interesting. And Amazon Prime Video has had a lot of a good comic-based shows so far with the boys and, and i believe they they were the ones that had invincible so all, already like they're they're hitting the ground running and if they have joe casada who's been in the industry a long freaking time and oh, despite what God. like what whatever you may say about his tenure at marvel whether you like it or don't like it it was still a very long tenure and a lot of good stuff did happen during that time a lot of bad stuff too but a lot of good stuff did happen um so he's definitely got the the know-how, the knowledge, uh, also a kick-ass artist. So <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. Um, uh, that could be uh, really good for every fan in the world right now. Uh, so I did Potentially. that, did that, Potentially. did that, yep. Uh, speaking of Marvel, Ike Perlmutter last week was announced that he has been let go as the bye, bye, president bye. of Marvel Entertainment. Uh, or Marvel. I think, yeah, I think Marvel Entertainment is the comics division. So he's he's no longer the president of Marvel Entertainment. He is out from Marvel uh, completely. And Marvel fans across the world are rejoicing. At least Kirk is. I know Kirk is. Yep. Me too. Yeah. And I'm not a Marvel fan. I can, I can only imagine yeah. that things will get better. 
least my yeah. fingers are crossed we hope for so. all the Marvel fans out there. Yeah. I, I have not seen if the replacement has been selected yet or if one has been instated already. Uh, so I'm not sure about that. But um, ding dong, the Ike is dead. So that, that happened. Ding dong, the Ike uh, is dead. The books are bad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Something else. Uh, let's see. Okay, that, that, that. Okay. Um, okay, I'll do my comic news and then I'll do my movie news. Uh, just announced today, we are getting a pseudo sequel to uh, Batman Beyond Neo Year, and it's called Batman Beyond Neo Gothic, coming this July. Uh, from I believe it was the same creative team. This is written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art from Max Dunbar. It comes into the shops on July twenty fifth, uh, and it'll follow suits basically directly <coughs> where. Uh, Neo Year ended after Terry finished off. Um, I guess it was just the AI was called Neo Gotham. I think um, I could be. Yeah, wrong. I think I you're remember. right. But he, Pretty dang yeah, sure right. he took down that AI. So uh, it, it's gonna next is gonna bring him into the remains of old Gotham. Uh, and if you've ever watched Futurama, if you don't know anything about old Gotham in the Batman Beyond world, uh, if you know anything about Futurama, think of uh, old New York underneath <laughs> new New York. It's the same idea, uh, but a little bit more habitable. So, something to look forward to. I, I'm excited for more Batman Beyond. And he's got the same costume he had at the end of Neo Year, so I really like that design. Oh, yeah. I mean, costume. And lot, lots of great covers, too. I'm looking with at all a the covers title now, like I've that, you know it's going to be a sequel. Yeah. It's, the, fir uh, it's, the first it run was awesome, man. For a Batman Beyond yeah. book, not, not I don't mean to say that in a bad way, but a Batman Beyond book like that is like, for me, it was easily one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually really, really good. I, really, I really have good. been a Batman Beyond fan since 1999, and uh, as have many out. people. So, so, yeah, exactly. So... To see any Batman Beyond comic on the stand, I get excited. Um, uh, lastly, I'll get to my movie news. Uh, well, I guess movie and TV news. Um, yeah, shit, why did I close that? Uh, I, I think know. it's called Adventures with Superman is the animated series. Yeah, My Adventures with Superman my Adventures was announced with last Superman. week. <laughs> it is moving to Adult Swim and will release this year. I believe yeah they, that broke last week. I don't remember if we mentioned it last week, but beyond that, a I think it's about thirty second trailer dropped today for it. Yeah, and it's being billed yeah. as a half coming of age story and half rom com, which is very interesting. And I'm right? all for it because it actually and it's looks on really adult good. Don't swim. I'm like yes. I can't even figure out if this is going to be for kids or not. <laughs> I it's really hard to tell with Adult Swim if it's Adult Swim probably not at least I hope not because <laughs> um, I would love to see like you know a modern superhero show for adults you know like and when I say modern superhero I mean like like a big name superhero like Superman or Batman but something for adults kids have their cartoons let the adults have some cartoons with the characters they love I think that would be fantastic so that's coming sometime this year. Uh, looks really good. Also, 
this week we had three other trailers. We had a trailer for Across the Spider-Verse. Looks fantastic. Secret Invasion looks interesting. Piqued my curiosity. But I do hope there's a lot of interesting plot to this. Uh, As well as, and I know we're all excited about this here, Blue Motherfucking Beetle trailer. Finally, we got a trailer. So, And it looks amazing. A lot of good stuff. It It, does. The suits look so good. The the movie looks really good too. And just as a yeah. side note about the Blue Beetle movie, so Dan Didio posted on social media saying that he was so pleased with seeing the positive reactions to the Blue Beetle trailer, and he was happy happy to see his name pop up in the comments, but then yeah. disappointed to see it disappear so quickly. Um, he wants to be credited as one of the creators of Jaime Reyes. Um, because uh, he said, we're killing off Cord in Crisis, so we're going to need a Blue Beetle, and then started looking for a creative team to make that character. Um, uh, that, that, I don't know. That, that, that's, that's messed up, dude. Yeah. That, that is messed up. It, it, I mean, not only does it sound kind of like riding the coattails, it's, it, it, it's almost like, hey... Hey, I'm still relevant. <laughs> yeah, no. You 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 wanted a Blue Beetle book. You did not create Jaime Reyes because there were two Blue Beetles before that. You just said we need Blue Beetle. <laughs> yep. You didn't say we need Jaime Reyes. <laughs> so, exactly. No. no. But speaking of two other Blue Beetles, their suits were featured in the trailer. Probably yes, should have taken should have, should have given a spoiler warning about that. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> kind of just it doesn't necessarily that mean that the characters will be there, but it is a cool Easter no. egg. And if you're gonna be it interested is. in the movie, you're gonna find the trailer anyway. Oh yeah, and quite honestly, like Jaime Reyes and Ted Gord, their stories are fairly intertwined to begin with. So you kind of expect with a movie with Jaime Reyes, at some point you probably going to see Ted Cord, or at least see references to Ted Cord. Um, oh yeah mild spoiler warning again we did see the bug being yeah. flown the around scare. <laughs> this, yeah, this, is the scare. yeah this is that what, what his there. ship was yeah. called oh you mean the yeah the bug yes yes yeah yes, yeah no yeah yes. Ted Cord's ship yeah like like his actual ship the bug um is in the movie and is being used uh, and I think it's actually in the bug where you see Ted Cord and Dan Garrett's suits. So it's it's really interesting what they're doing here. And it looks like they're they're going full throttle with the history of the character. I'm excited about that. I'll just uh, I don't remember what the release date is, but it's something to look forward to. We'll see how it goes. I, I think this is. I think it, it it might be the last movie that is pre-James Gunn saga. Yes, it is. And um, as far as so the I think actual release date... The Flash. <clears throat> I think, yeah, we have Aquaman 2, and then we have Blue Beetle. I think. Yeah, they could, they bumped up the... Uh, they, they bumped up the Aquaman release date by five days for some reason. It was supposed to be the 22nd of September and only bumped it five days. And I believe that the Blue Beetle, 
that the Blue Beetle movie um, is coming out near Christmas. Yeah. So there we go. That's uh, that's what we got. That's what I got. That's what I got in movies. A lot of exciting stuff coming. What do you guys got? Um, well, before we going. move on from movies, I just want to drop that the rumor is is that Chris Pratt is being considered for the role of Booster Gold in the upcoming HBO Max series. I uh, don't think huh. that's great. I don't know how I feel about that because he did really well as Star Lord, but I don't know if he can be. I'm also okay. I'm Booster also going through Parks and Rec right now. I'm I'm watching a like I for the first time, mind you. I'm I've binged Parks and Rec with my wife over the past few months, so I've oh, seen a lot a of Chris show. Pratt being goofy. So yes. with that in mind, I could maybe see him be Booster Gold. He's he's definitely got the level of cockiness in his acting style that he he needs and the goofiness. So if he finds a way to meld the two, it might just work. But, but I don't the, know. see the thing is is how how do you how do you do that without him just seeing seeming like Star-Lord in a costume. And yeah, for me, really. I think it it would be better to to go in a different different route. I mean, I don't yeah. have a cast list drawn up or anything, but I do I feel, I feel like it, it being too close to the way he portrayed Star-Lord um, would be a bad idea. Yeah. I say get Donald Faison back and finish the story that we started in Legends of Tomorrow, because I was so stoked to see Donald Faison as Booster Gold. Yeah, that was kind of cool, man. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Say la vie. Oh, right, I was going to... Do, I was going to do all my stuff at the end, but I only got one yeah. thing left. Um, so it kind of ties into uh, the movies as well. Um, comicbook.com I was looking at, and they uh, they put together a list of the top ten comics uh, gaining in sales and popularity each week. And at number ten is The Last Ronin, no doubt in part to the Ooh. upcoming video game that I am really looking forward to. A couple others were pretty no notable. Um, Harley Quinn is on the list at number five solely because of a Dan Moore variant cover. Uh, Meet the Scrolls, number one, is in second place. It's selling for $200 right now. Holy crap. And in, <laughs> and in first place, um, likely because James Gunn tweeted out a picture of the members of the team recently, is... The Terrifics, number one. Oh, shit. It, and, which makes me really? wonder if they... <laughs> it, yeah, it makes me wonder if they won't be DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that if they are, I am A-okay with that. I So I'm, I'm on the fence about that personally. I do... I forgot that I, I did see James Gunn tweet that out. I heard about that. Um... The fact that the sales for issue one are skyrocketing, I'm curious to see if issue two will get the same treatment. Because as much as I read that series, let's face it, it wasn't that great. <laughs> it was kind of dull was, at times. It was a fun time. Yeah, yeah it was. It was definitely was, interesting. It, it had a good fun. concept. It wasn't. It wasn't a horrible book by any means. It was enjoyable, but it wasn't great either. Um, kind of just felt like it was dragging for some reason. I don't know. 
So I, I don't know how how well that team would fare together on the big screen because it is a lot of different characters being forced together. Mr. Terrific yeah, for one seems seems like like the most out of place one with Metamorpho and Plastic Man. Like it just doesn't seem like they'd mix very well. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have put uh, Star Lord with Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy either. Or I guess yeah. perhaps the better thing is you never would have pictured Star Lord and Nebula ending up on the same team. Yeah, that's true too. You know, that's so, true too. I so mean, who knows? It's James we'll Gunn. See. He does his he does his research and he tweaks the things to make it work in a movie. Um, he likes to take the little known things and make something out of them. And the Terrifics is definitely a team that meets that. And they've that got is. such little they've got such little backstory to them that he he can feel free to do whatever he wants. So I, yeah. I, I wouldn't have a problem believing that it's actually coming. And I would I would just be interested in seeing how it goes. Even if it doesn't end up being a trilogy, seeing one movie wouldn't be bad. Because they are good characters. And I can yeah. only imagine what Rex Mason looks like transforming on the big screen. <laughs> oh that'd be cool I mean after right, seeing his transformation in the, the latest issue of World's Finest I, that would be amazing to see on a big screen <laughs> that's what I'm saying man Yeah, it could be super cool mm -hmm. alright so now that I agreed to do all of now that I in, said that I would do all of my stuff at the end and I've gotten it all out Brandon do you want to go second now <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I, I think Rob and I are all done Gavin. Are you ready yeah. to share the news you've got? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, um, um, but my is pretty much just comics news. Um, last weekend was Megacon down in Florida, which to my knowledge was not, a, I mean, despite its name, was not like a super big con, but... I guess they have kind of been queuing that up to be sort of the next big con because they had a decent number of, of panels out there, ones that announced some pretty interesting stuff for upcoming DC books. The first, and I would say most popular among them being the new announcement, new series announcement, which is the return of Batman and Robin, the ongoing series that is, which will be written by Joshua Williamson with art from Simone DiMeo. Um, this one I think I'm really excited for just because it kind of really focuses on Damien and Bruce, which is a, a duo that we really haven't had in a while. We've had it in very select moments, but I feel like it's been so long since we had a proper Batman and Robin book focusing on father and son. And, you know, as, as a series that was really kind of one of the stellar highlights of the New 52, I'm hoping that this series continues that legacy. So it should be good, but it kind of situates them back in Gotham City and, has them taking on, you know, interesting and strange new cases, being the uh, the absolute best dynamic duo that we know they can be. Um, mm -hmm. And also there is a, a tease for the Robin Mobile, which we got concept art from, from Simone yes. DeMeo, which looks ridiculous, but also really cool. Um, so I'm excited for that one. Um, next up is just more kind of information on some upcoming issues coming your way soon. Flash number 800, the big anniversary issue. We got a little bit more detail regarding some of the stories that are going to be in there. One from Scott Collins, 
and Jeff Johns focusing on Hunter Zolomon, aka Zoom, which makes sense considering they co-created that character way back in uh, 2002, um, as well as a story from um, uh, Josh Williamson that will be focusing on Barry and Iris's relationship, and I think that's actually quite uh, quite well timed considering what we're going to talk about later in uh, Flash 796 this week. Uh, some more information from Superman number three, um, a new suit coming up, but also just more information regarding the crazy cliffhanger from last month where Superman was infected with the parasite. Art looks awesome. Looking forward to the story. Some going on with Livewire, so we'll see how that all plays out. And uh, also got some early art from Action Comics 1054, which is continuing the Metallo story. Um, and um, something that I think is, is definitely pretty exciting, though very vague and not revealing at all. Um, we got our first look at the Green Lantern War Journal series that will be coming from Ooh. Philip Kennedy Johnson and I think Montos is the name of the artist, or he might just be doing the backups, I'm not sure. But we got a look at the cover, which is from Mirko Kolak, or Cholak, I'm not sure you pronounce that name. Um, but, I mean, it is literally just like, a black silhouette with green and that's all you get so it, it kind of reveals nothing but it exists so you know i, I guess you can kind that. of speculate yeah you can kind of uh, speculate over what it might be it really is just like john with what looks to be like a blade construct and you know like some military gear and kind of like a jungle setting and that's all you get um, so really not too much information. Um, and then the final thing that came out of Megacon was just a first look at Justice Society of America number four, uh, which will, looks like it's, it's going to be, I mean, obviously focusing on Paradegaton given the end of the last issue, but, um, also looks to be delving into some of the more, um, time travel aspects that we've been dealing with for the past three issues. So. Interesting stuff coming up there, you know, just continuing to, to kind of cycle forward with Dawn of DC. Um, but I think I'm definitely pretty excited for Batman and Robin coming up soon. Um, and the other one, which should not be surprised, but for any of my Blade fans, there's a new Blade series coming out of Marvel from Brian Hill, mm -hmm. who's awesome, and Elena Casagrande, who's also awesome. New ongoing series from the looks of it, and basically is just Blade back to hunting vampires and doing what he does best. And that will be coming out in July, I believe. Um, so I'll definitely be checking that out. I'm sure it's just in anticipation of the upcoming movie, but also it's a pretty great creative team. So I'm excited to see where they take it. And uh, oh, yeah. that's pretty much all I have for comics news. I, I forgot right, before... the, about Blade. Um, yeah. I Honestly, I didn't even think about the fact that it could be an ongoing because I'm just so used to Blade coming out and it being a six issue miniseries. So I just automatically mm -hmm. assumed it was a mini. I, I'm hoping it's an ongoing because I love it every time there's a Blade book. So that's cool. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. I, I hope. We'll see. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to get that out there. While it was oh, fresh. yeah. No, I just said it'll it'll be fun. I hope. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. Okay. So before we go on... Um, I had a question given to me uh, uh, yesterday, and because it's so convoluted and I wasn't sure about the, 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 the right answer, I told uh, 
told uh, my dad that I would uh, ask it to you, Brandon, because you were the most likely person I knew personally that would know. So um, if you could answer this, I would appreciate it. Do you know what the current canon origin story is of Donna Troy? Um, assuming that this one has not been retconned, it would be the origin that was in the Titans annual from uh, 2017, I think, which was that she was created to be an adversary and potential replacement for Wonder Woman. But when she was eventually defeated, and I think this was in the New 52 run, sort of towards the end of it, um, they kind of wiped her memory and then gave her false memories. But after Infinite Frontier, that can be gone too. But that's the last origin I remember. Um, And then before that, it was like the mirror origin. And yeah, I don't know. But anyway. So um, no golems or anything like that? No, no no golems or anything like that. Yeah, no titans, none of that stuff. And when I say Titans, I mean like the, the Titans of myth, not the, that, that was right. also part of her, her origin for a while. All right. Well, there you go. That's the answer. Thank you, sir. Um, yep. All right. We can go on now, I suppose. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> um, yeah. So lots, lots and lots of stuff to look forward to. It's crazy how much news we had in the past week. I wish they'd uh, spread it out so we have stuff to talk about next week, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we know great. that's not going to happen. All yeah. three of us are going to be like, yeah, we, we don't have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> or as is uh, typical, there's going to be a shit ton of news tomorrow. It's always the day after yeah, we record. Right. Yeah. It always is. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll get into some books for the week. Josh, you want to start us off with honorable mentions? Um, yeah, and I enjoyed the hell out of all four of them this week. Um, uh, Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number seven, was pretty dang good. I did enjoy Batman and the Joker, the deadly duo this week. Uh, Fables, I just, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of reading that book. And Icon versus Hardware number two was was really good this week, and I uh, I can't wait to get this one finished up. See how it works out. That is it for the honorable mentions. Uh, <clears throat> I if you if you saw me just get excited right now, it's because I just I just came across a, an article on CBR. Um, just reading the headline and and bit of the first paragraph. Uh, Jeremy Adams had a an interview with CBR recently talking about Green Lantern. Um, and I believe he was oh. a writer for Green Lantern, the animated series. So his hope, he says uh, in this interview that he would really, and he says that with um, nine reallys, uh, he would really, really, really like to bring uh, the animated series characters razor and aya razor i was about to say oh man that would be awesome i love that so cool i've been waiting for aya to be dc canon for ever and the most we've had is her in smallville (laughs) season 11 it's funny i don't i don't know if you if you kept up with young justice at all but they kind of because weissman i think also worked on that show um yeah so they they folded in some of the characters and they had i think it was like razor who they were 
basically trying to finish off his plot because they teased he was going to become a Blue Lantern and they finally kind of yeah. did it. And I don't remember exactly how they resolved it, but if memory serves me correctly, he did just kind of end up becoming a Blue Lantern. So if they can find a way to bring yeah. all that stuff in, I would be so over the moon. He, I, I haven't watched the latest seasons of Young Justice, but I did watch... His, like his scenes, Razor, like yeah. and, and read up on his story. He did become a Blue Lantern, but he was also like dual blue and red. Yeah, so both of them. It, they were like and kind he, of trying. It, it was like the thing with um, how the hell does that uh, work? Guy was it? Yeah, with like guy where he was like he had he momentarily had like the red and yeah, red and green, yeah. and then eventually kind of evened out. Yeah. That's the thing, Josh. We don't know because it happened off screen. The, yeah. His appearance in Young Justice is five years after the end of Green Lantern, the animated series. So, and as, as that ended, the Blue Ring just kind of chased after Razor as he flew off into space to find Aya because he was yeah. convinced that she was out there somewhere, despite the fact that she just killed herself to save everyone. Uh, but we all have hope that Aya is out there, and and he oh, yeah. was still. In Young Justice, his whole mission was still to find Aya. It had been five years. He still hasn't found her. I think it's a lost cause, buddy. Go find the Anti-Monitor's corpse. You <laughs> might find something. Um, but maybe that's just the last place he'll look. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I was just really excited. I, I just saw that. It just popped yeah, up no, on the screen. Yeah, that's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. It would be... Like, I will say this. when When Red Lanterns came about... I'm trying to remember the timing on this. Which one I was thinking first? Because I think I watched the animated series after Red Lanterns came out, so maybe I'm off on this. Because I think but, but Green they Lantern read... the animated series was like 2010 or 2010, 11 or yeah. something like I, that. Yeah. I didn't watch it when it first came out. I watched it years after it finished. Oh, um, yeah. Because I was, was, wasn't interested in the time. But Red Lanterns came out in the New 52, so it would have been mm -hmm. uh, October, November 2011. So yeah. I'm not sure which I was thinking about first, but when Rancor was created in Red Lanterns, um, I was thinking, why wouldn't they just use Razor? Unless I was thinking the other way around. Like, I saw Razor, why would they just use Rancor? He's right there. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so Rancor has since just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I uh, mean, Razor would be so cool. The Red Lanterns yeah. Thing. But yes, I agree. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, really. Um, but I, I'm, I'd be stoked to see Rancor, especially since the Blue Lanterns pretty much don't exist anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, it's basically just yeah. Saint Walker and maybe occasionally someone else if they're you know, yeah. still around. Yeah. Now, when you say that, you mean that they just haven't made their way into stories, right? I'm not forgetting something cataclysmic, am I? No, yeah, I don't no, think were, any of were, them are dead. They were decimated. Okay. Like, oh, I think really? Their, what? their lantern was destroyed. That. Yeah. Well, I remember their I, lantern being destroyed, but I don't remember yeah. them. I don't remember most of the core dying off. But, well, there yeah, wasn't actually, that many to begin with. There was maybe five or like six five. of them. Yeah. And and they got attacked oh, wow, by the really? Black Lanterns. They got attacked by the Orange Lanterns. Then they got like, attacked by the Reach. And I think that's what eventually finished them off, was the Reach. Mm, okay. Um, and Saint, uh, as since then, that Saint tracks. Walker's the only Blue Lantern we've ever seen. So yeah. God only knows where Brother Worth is. I just hope he's still alive, because that guy's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah. I don't know. I'd be excited to see Razor, though. That's going to be so be cool. cool. 
That's yeah. the one that surprised me. They've never done a of of all the lanterns, they've never done a blue lantern series. And it seems like that would be yeah. one that, that would be I don't know, a pretty I mean, maybe not a big seller, but you know, a seller in terms of a great concept. Um but I don't know. Like you, they've done a Larflees series that was pretty much just like a gag a minute from Giffen and Dimatteis. Um, <laughs> pretty you much. Thought yeah. by now, yeah, you would have thought by now they would have tried to do something with the Blue Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Even just a six issue mini, just to like, just yeah. like a simple story. But or just what use would it be like a Saint Walker title as kind of a proxy to do, you know, a, yeah. a Blue Lantern story, sort of like they did with Sinestro. Yeah, reinvigorate the Blue Lantern. Just, Blue yeah. Lantern Corps Rebirth. There you go. Blue Lantern Corps Rebirth. Oh. There, yeah. there it is. <laughs> That's yeah. funny that you used that word. Um, but uh, if, if we Blue did Lanterns get that. Recharged. That, that's, there that's, you go. That's better. You that's go. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just get, like calling the Arrow Cave it. the Quiver. Much better. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, if But if we did get a, a mini featuring saint walker or you know just uh, assuming that the infinite frontier brought back the other the four other ones um what kind of what kind of story could we get out of that that's i think that's the problem because they they're heavily just a religious core in a sense that they believe that their power will bring peace to the universe um and they're only there to assist and help and not combat uh, they they don't really have any power unless a Green Lantern is present. They can fly and breathe in space uh, and heal. That's their main abilities. If a Green Lantern is around, they can do constructs and they charge up other Green Lanterns. So there's not much else you could really do apart from uh, having like one of a them Blue Lantern in a, a hospital lantern. or something. Yeah, <laughs> I think really, there's a uh, way you could work around it. I think I think that's why such a problem is is good to have because it kind of forces you to think of a more creative way to tell a story that would be that would be a cool thing to have to do with kyle yeah have him as a blue lantern have one of the blue lanterns turn red and have kyle in his cool kick-ass white square outfit uh go help them out uh beating the red lantern Or just have, I mean, they kind of already like played with this idea of Kyle as space Jesus, so why not just go all in on it at this point? Just be like, yeah. hey, if, I, if I'm really going to go and spread my gospel, not literally, but if I'm going to kind of go spread this <laughs> around the universe, yeah. who better to have as my disciples than the Blue Lanterns, who I already have a great rapport with, because um, wasn't St. Walker one of the new Guardians? So at that point, yeah, it's like, minute, okay, yeah. we already kind of have a relationship. Now let's just extend that to the rest of the core. Or better yet, and actually this is this is aptly timed because I, I just picked up this book from, I, I went to a comic store earlier today and I picked up this book called Green Lantern, The New Core from like 1990, who cares? But it's basically <laughs> Kyle recruiting oh, a bunch of, this out. is, this is, yeah, and like recruits a bunch yeah. of new lanterns because the '90s and the core has been decimated. I'm like, okay, what if you just do that, but with the blue lanterns, and they can kind of, yeah. be, you know, support team. That would be but cool. also, it gives them a chance to explore other parts of the universe that perhaps they weren't privy to, or something like that. Um, and now that you mention that, like that, that gets my juices flowing. That could also be a way 
to have us see where the other lantern cores are at this point in time. Like we could see what yeah. Larflees is up to, see what the Zamorons have been doing with the Star Sapphires. Are the yeah, Indigos even a, a thing anymore? A tour de force oh, of the universe. Yeah. Hey, wait, Rob. You know how like yeah. we've me and you not not Brand, but me and you have been clamoring to have a Detective Comics that is just a rotating cast of uh bat-related characters that are primarily detectives and just have that be a detective book? I mean, yeah, I've been on that slightly different. Like, I, I just love detectives, a rotating cast of detectives. <laughs> Not even yeah, just yeah. Bat Family, just anybody, yeah. Well, um, imagine a book where there's a rotating cast with connected somewhat stories um, featuring all kinds of different characters of the of the lanterns, all kinds of different cores, and we call it the spectrum. That would be cool. See, when you were saying that, I was thinking Tales of the Core, uh, but mm -hmm. Spectrum is a lot better. Agreed. I like that. And mostly just because oh, cool. I want a title where Kyle is going to be free to be the main character, at least for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work that it in there, man. I'm trying hard. Never going to happen Space again. Pieces. It's never yeah, going to happen not. again. Well, I, I wouldn't say shame. never. I wouldn't say never because, <laughs> honestly, my, my philosophy is really all it takes is for someone with enough clout to basically yeah. – someone with enough clout who's a big enough Kyle Rayner fan to kind of come in and be like, I just want to do my own story with Kyle and, you know, see if it works. We'll kind of throw it at the wall. And perhaps it won't be the biggest seller, but I guarantee you someone with that much juice would be able to make it happen. So really, you just need to wait for that, um, which I, I don't think is... All right, is, so is come on, PKJ. Yeah. Well, um, here, here's the on. thing, He's, though, yeah, he's already doing that, John, that I'm thinking. That we're in the time now where a lot of the current writers, especially DC, are of the age where Kyle was the they, Green Lantern when they were growing up. So that's that's the Green Lantern they grew up with, and when it's the character you grew up with... like. Favorite. Tim Drake fans can attest if that's the Robin you grew up with, that's the Robin you love. Um, and it's the same thing idea with Green Lantern. Like Kyle was Green Lantern when I was growing up, so I have a soft spot for Kyle Rayner for sure. Um, so that being said, a lot of writers are coming up and they're at the age where Kyle was the Green Lantern when they were growing up, so that is definitely going to have that soft spot for them. But they're still writing John Stewart, they're still writing Hal Jordan. There, there's no Kyle Rayner books. <laughs> Kyle wasn't it's even in the last Green Lantern title. They so, know that those two names knows. will sell books. Which is just not the way to go about it. <laughs> it really isn't. Well, I mean, that's why we have Batman books. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. a, million, mil, a million of them. Yeah. Because it, it chase that dollar, man. Maybe it is the way to do it. I don't know. Now, chase the dollars so we can afford to pay creatives more to do better stories. And then when they chase that dollar and they get to that point, they just say the exact same thing over again. It's disappointing, but we're getting good stories. It's, it's anyway. a vicious cycle. Yeah. It is a vicious anyway. cycle. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, it's been about an hour. Do you guys want to take a commercial break then? We, get into uh, we might as well go ahead and do that now yeah. and then just cut all the books right after. 
Yeah, I right. got four of them, so it shouldn't be bad. All right, stay tuned. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. I know you wouldn't go anywhere. Welcome back. It is time for our comics reviews for the week. Finally, we made it. So much news. So much to talk about. But now we're talking about the fun stuff. And we're going to start off with uh, Poison Ivy number 11. One I think is very fun. And Josh is going to fill us in on that. I am going to fill us in on that, or rather, everybody else. Um, written by the now esteemed G. Willow Wilson, at least we're all fans. Art from Marcio Takara, colors of Reef Frianto, letters from Hassan Atsmane El Hau, and that cover is yet another Jessica Fawn work. Um, man, you know what? There has yet to be a Poison Ivy cover that I really don't like. Some are flat out gorgeous. Yeah. Some are different styles than others. Um, this is just one of the more gorgeous ones. I love it. I would love to see her do more covers, like for Harley or Catwoman, something like that, or hell, even see what she could do with uh, Batman or Superman. Um, I'm just glad anyway. they're less suggestive because I feel like less of a pervert when I buy them. It's it's nice. <laughs> They've toned it down. It's, it's been better for for my self conscious. Yeah. The first three were a little. Yeah. Uh, a little dicey, and uh, you, know, you get yeah, some looks, and you're like, look, it's because of the story. It's not, like, I know what it yeah, seems yeah. like, but it's not, <sighs> and you're just, like, stumbling over your words, like, wait, fuck. Be like, no, relax, guys, fucking, this no. isn't the Marvel swimsuit. Yeah, wait, no, I mean, like, I mean, fuck, like, I, like, I'm frustrated, not, you know. <laughs> but not like, like I, that. I'm, I'm just going to fight a big shot now. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. I'm going to have to order Poison Ivy online. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, That's going to be a hell right, of a Google search for your uh, oh, FBI agent. Yeah. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. Poison <laughs> Ivy. What are you doing? <laughs> All right. So uh, before I get into it, I want to say absolutely how much I love the fact that the wellness company is named Glop and it's ran by a person named Gwen. Um <laughs> Goop, Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, yeah, right there. Not I subtle at all. <laughs> not in any way, shape, or form. But uh, so it starts out with the end of the, uh, well, let's say the adult get-together fun time uh, with people feeling they're uh, the best that they ever have and wondering why they can't feel like this all of the time. And then all of the people start staring mindlessly at Ivy. It turns out that the Lamia has not only spread, but that Ivy is basically now its mom. 
with the people at the retreat in tow. She uses them to block, to blockade an oil refinery from, um, uh, well, stop a truck from getting there. Uh, the truckers get out, they argue, and threaten to mow them all down with the truck. Ivy calls their bluff, but she should not have, because they meant it. And uh, at the very last second, the Lamia sucks all of the people down through the dirt, driving through the mycelium network, which is basically just a huge network of fungus that lives throughout the whole Earth's soil. That's a whole bunch of Holly's job, actually. Um, and then the, it pops them up somewhere else because the Lamia always finds a way, as has been said a few times in this series. And uh, Ivy tells it what to do by instinct um, as well as intentionally. That could get nasty, hopefully not though, because Ivy has started to get uh, feelings, man. She, uh, she's experiencing compassion and she doesn't like it at all. At just the right time, that happens because uh, that's when she confesses to everyone that she marched them all there against her will and gets accused of being behind all of it by Gwen, leader of Glop. They talk, the two of them talk it out though, and all seems on its way to Cool Beans Town. And then it turns out that while she can control the Lamia, um, the wild stuff does indeed have a will of its own, just like kids and their mom. They are not going to listen all the time. And it literally bursts out of Glenn, leader of Glop. And that wraps up the issue, man. Um, Takara's artwork, when it comes to the trippy stuff and the body horror, is pretty dang good. Um, the rest, uh, they can get the... the I, I'm seeing the nuances in the facial expressions, and I can't help but appreciate it. Um, Prianto makes it all pop off the page, man. Uh, this story, which was supposed to lead to the death of Poison Ivy after six issues, has instead uh, turned into in part in the phrase here, DC fans, uh, but a rebirth. <laughs> uh, feeling oh, yeah. emotions for, for people other than Harley, an expanded and unwieldy new power set, and the whole story is wrapping around that. Um, I think it's spectacular. It's easily one of my favorite titles of the past year, and that's because of issues like this one. I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Right on, yeah. It's a very trippy issue, good. to say it the is. least. Uh, a lot, a lot of wild, crazy art. Um, that if no you orgies love abs not no, not this issue. That was last issue. Um, that was last issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if you if you're a fan of very abstract stuff and and things that'll make your mind go, what am I looking at? Then this is the book for you. At least this issue. Um, just fantastic stuff uh, I appreciate that the p the pacing never really fell off after 11 issues the quality nope. remains the same I cannot wait to see where this where the next story is gonna go now that we like it's brand new like it's it's changing the game for poison Ivy so I'm I'm so stoked for this it's um, nine out of ten just fantastic stuff. Oh yeah. Cool yeah, I don't uh, cool have much to add other than still really uh, enjoying this uh, part of the story thus far, and uh, I mean that's a hell of a cliffhanger. So I have no idea how that will continue next month, but I can imagine it will be equally trippy as it was this month. So eight point five out of trippy ten. Trippy and 
trippy and probably good. I'm sorry, Brandon. I didn't hear what that score was. Oh, just 8.5. 8.5. Gotcha. Still not too bad. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. All right. To a Gotham adjacent to uh, adjacent Gotham. We're going to Batman number 134. <laughs> and Brandon is going to fill us in on Brucey Wayne. Yes, who is really going through the ringer at this point as we continue our The Batman of Gotham story. And I think, Rob, you're absolutely right, because this is Gotham, but it's also not Gotham, or at least not the Gotham that we know as we continue our adventures in the parallel universe Gotham, or maybe hell, if uh, Rob's theory is to be believed. Uh, As uh, our story continues in issue 134, of course, this is written by Mr. Chip Zdarsky, with art from Mike Hawthorne, inks from Adriano De Benedetto, colors from Tomo Murray, and letters from Clayton Cowles. We see Gotham. We see Gotham. We see Batman. Who I mean, you know, Batman is Gotham. Those guys are if you, gone. If you, if you remember uh, the Scott Snyder run, Batman That's... is Gotham. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't and, a total. And the end up. of Batman versus Robin. Yes. Yeah. Batman is Gotham, and Gotham is Batman. Kind of. Literally, actually, now if you remember the end of Batman yeah, versus Robin, no. Robin versus Batman. Um, but anyway, uh, they find themselves below uh, Arkham Tower in the Arkham Caves, Selina and Bruce. Selina has led him here to where everything has been going down with Red Mask and the experiments. And finally, uh, Batman has made his way there to get to the bottom of who Mr. Jason Halliday is and what his plans are for the city of Gotham. We get some backstory on Jason Halliday when they finally come face to face. Or excuse me, Darwin Halliday, not Jason Halliday. Um, as they come face to face and we reveal that Darwin Halliday is, I guess, an alternate version of Joker um, or someone who was meant to be Joker in our reality, but was not in his own reality. And so, because he had a touch of proper insanity, decides that if he cannot be properly insane, he'll make the rest of the city go absolutely crazy, then use their multiversal energy and then become properly insane himself, because that makes perfect sense. How's he going to do it with gas? Because (laughs) what else could you use? But, uh, Before Bruce is able to make his move against Halliday, he is locked inside and also realizes that he has to shut down the gas at the source before dealing with Halliday properly. So he enlists the help of Jewel as well as Selina, hoping to appeal to Selina's better nature and invite her to save the people of Gotham before they are gassed. But before he can reach the source of the madness, he is stopped by this version's this reality's version of Ghostmaker, known as Ghost Breaker, which is so terribly corny that yeah, I guess it's what yeah. you would expect from Batman. Um, but this one is pumped <laughs> up full of venom and is just as lethal and aggressive as our version of Ghostmaker, but perhaps a little bit too reliant on the venom, which gives Bruce the upper hand. And thankfully, even though some of the Arkham prisoners are released, some of which are very familiar to us, one being a, a uh, institutionalized version of Superman, he's able to use his Batman-ness to, I guess, send them away scared uh, before they can do any severe damage. Ghostmaker is still pursuing him uh, as Batman is trying to make his way to the source of the gas. And uh, thankfully, he is able to shut off the gas, but apparently at the cost of his own hand as Ghostmaker and Batman continue to do battle. 
But even though he may have stopped the gas, the war is not quite over as Halliday has planned for this and releases his own failsafe, no pun intended, the Leather Wings, which will mm. now be descending upon Gotham, releasing some gas of their own, which may potentially be the multiversal gas. I don't know if it's specified, but anyway... It's the Leather Wings versus Gotham City in the next issue of The Batman of Gotham. And I think it might be the final issue of this arc. I'm not entirely certain. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think last week we talked about penultimate issues. And this one kind of felt like that. It's one that uh, raises the stakes, continues to keep things exciting. But, you know, it's kind of your, your standard uh, uh, penultimate issue. It's getting close to the end, so it's just kind of trying to wrap everything up before it has its neat little conclusion or not so neat little conclusion depending on the story so this one is solid nothing particularly outstanding i guess it's fun seeing batman fight against this version of ghost maker um but really the the biggest revelation here is who halliday is and we kind of had already suspected that here um so really i, I feel like i'm more just in anticipation of the next issue um, than, you know, over the moon about this issue. So this one got a, or at least the main story, got a 7.75 out of 10 for me. Um, do you guys want to talk about the main story first, or should I just launch into the backup? Uh, I would say just go into the backup. All right, then we will go straight into the backup as we cut over to the continuing adventures of Mr. Tim Drake Robin in Tim Drake Robin written also by Chip Zdarsky with art from Miguel Mendoncha and colors from Roman Stevens with letters also from Clayton Cowles. This one is also fairly short. Uh, Tim is enlisting the help of Superman who is playing as Batman and for those who recall the uh, Superman the Animated Series. This one will give you quite a smile. Um, seeing mm -hmm. Superman pretend to be Batman for a little bit um, yeah. was, was very fun. Um, but before um, before they can have any kind of proper, I don't know, hangout or whatever, um, Tim informs Superman that uh, he has to go off and continue his adventure to try and recover Batman wherever he is in the multiverse. But uh, before he can do that, he needs to make a little pit stop in this uh, universe where Batman is um, to find someone that uh, is very near and dear to him. And I'm, I'm almost debating whether or not I should spoil him. But suffice it to say, this reunion is a very uh, a marsh, whoa, emotional, heartfelt reunion with someone that Tim has not seen in a while, someone who died in his life quite a while ago, arguably at the very beginning of his career as Robin. And I think yeah. gives Tim the little boost that he needs. No, it was because that was. Oh, I just gave it away. But anyway, um, yes, gives him the right. boost it's, that he needs to finally. It's the '90s version yeah, of Bernard. Yeah, it's the oh, '90s version why would of you Bernard. Do that? That's not even funny. <laughs> even though, that's not I think even Bernard funny. Bernard was created in 2003, but it's all good. Uh, um, the, yes, the original version. I wasn't sure when it was. The original version of Bernard. <laughs> oh my god. If it had been, I mean, they wouldn't have done this, but if it had uh, been, because Tim's, I've already talked about Ives to ad nauseum, but if it had been Ives, who was the mystery character in this, I would have lost my fucking uh, mind because that was Tim's original best friend. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> gives Tim the kind of pep talk that he needs to go off and find Bruce um, and uh, bring him home. Um, so this one I actually enjoyed. Honestly, this was probably my favorite of the, the backup so far. I felt like 
this reunion was exactly what uh, Tim needed right now, given his own mental headspace. Um, and uh, really just kind of, I, I feel like, put a, a nice, decisive end on this story. Um, and now that uh, Tim is ready to find Bruce properly, we'll just have to see how it all continues in the big oversized issue next month. But I think I kind of enjoyed this one a little bit more than the main story. So I gave the backup an 8.5. All in all, I'd probably give this whole issue an 8.25, though. Fair enough. I, I only mentioned uh, the OG Bernard because I, I was never aware of what he was like, but I did see some pages earlier of their first meeting, and holy crap, Bernard is so different, both in like design and personality. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's wild. <laughs> it's like night and day. That's the only reason I said the original Bernard is basically dead because that's pre-Flashpoint and that universe doesn't technically exist anymore. Um, you know what it technically is? What? Free Megan Fitzmartin. Yeah. That's what happened to Bernard. Not that that's he was fair. such a great character to begin with. He was not. <laughs> I, I reiterate my point that the Bill Willingham run of Robin is arguably one of the worst ones in that book. But I digress. Fair enough. We do a lot of digressing around here. Hey, yeah. Sometimes we, we really have to. <laughs> um, if we don't, we could spend two hours complaining about our favorite books. Uh, thus is the plate of the comic <laughs> fan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As for Batman 134, <laughs> uh, I definitely didn't feel the same excitement this issue as I have for the rest of the, the arc, uh, but it was still a fairly enjoyable issue. Um, the art did feel like it, it looked like it fell off here and there, but still, again, I, I digress. Uh, it's still good in places. So I still really enjoyed the issue. Um, I'm curious if the hand removal is going to stick around. You know, that's 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 a big thing to change oh, yeah. in, in Batman. <laughs> is he going full Anakin or Luke? Which one? Which way are we going here? Stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. But if it is hell, that further proves my point. Uh, when he gets out, he says Andrew's going to be there because he, he was in hell. It's not going to stick. To be fair, his hand won't stick right now as it is because it's not together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, comics. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm on the fence about the hand thing. That's there's so many questions involved. I I feel like I shouldn't shouldn't be on it so much, but it's just it's it's very questionable for me. Um, yeah, I think that was it. Uh, I I was honestly I'll admit I was I was wrong about Red Mask. But I honestly, I clued in on it with this week's cover, um, mm -hmm. just looking at it, and something clicked. Like red mask, red hood, Joker was red hood. This guy looks yep. like Joker. Oh fuck, it's Joker. Exactly. I was wrong. <laughs> um, and it was still Halliday who turned out to be alternate universe Joker. So here we are. Um, so I'll admit I was wrong, and I have. I'm honestly, I'm starting to get the feeling that I'm going to be wrong again. Maybe it's not hell, but I am still going to follow suit on my theory. Uh, the backup, honestly, the best chapter so far. I will not spoil the surprise like Brandon did not, but it is very emotional, very heartfelt, very nice to see. 
uh, and as he whisks himself away back into the bleed, very unexpected, yeah. When he goes back into the bleed, I like seeing all those little hints at other multiversal Batman that he comes across. If 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 you're an Elseworlds fan like I am, and I think everybody is, you, you're pinpointing. You see Red Rain, you see Gotham by Gaslight, you see uh, Silver Age, Golden Age. You see all the. You can pin. You can tell what book is what. Um, and I still appreciate that yeah, they still do like the, the sure 80s can. and 90s Elseworlds versions, and they don't do any yeah. of the new ones. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the the next issue, which I was just checking on League of Comic Geeks. Next issue is the end of the arc, and it is issue number 900 in total for Batman. So it's an exercised issue. There's going to be a lot of excitement going on, and I'm excited to see how this uh, Tim Drake story is going to end off too, because uh, it looks like there's going to be some big developments coming uh, in his search for Batman. All in all, though, I, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Not the greatest issue of the arc or the run, but still enjoyable. For sure, man. It's got that what I guess we'll call the penultimate curse. I mean, yeah, it's got a lot in it, but it still feels a little flat. Um... I got a lot of notes on this one, and there's a lot of, for me, a lot of stuff worth mentioning just real quick, though. Um, the background of the cover was cool. I didn't like the forefront of Red Mask. wasn't digging that at all. Uh, the art inside is not my favorite style. Really thick ink, a little chunky. Um, the story is pretty good, but, you know, like like uh, like we mentioned, the, that 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 uh, penultimate issue thing just always feels like there's something missing. Um, I guess everything was maybe just a little too easy in the story. Not like fully predictable, but nothing made me say wow either. Uh, the, The whole red mask, red hood, joker thing, that definitely popped out very quickly to me as well, Rob. Um, I thought it was definitely full-on comic book mode when we saw Bruce be completely run through with a sword by Ghostbreaker, I guess his name is. Yeah, Ghostbreaker. Um, And then act like nothing's wrong with him after that. Uh, The army of man bats called Leatherwings is just... I don't don't know how I feel about that. That seems super campy. Um, The last caption in the in the in the main story is next the Batverse which I hope doesn't get I I hope isn't trying to pull shit from Spider-Man but you you know something else though Uh, there actually is a display of some comic knowledge here and uh, I love to see that I I thought it was kind of cool I don't know if you noticed it or not, but all of the prisoners are bald with the exception of Superman, and they wouldn't be able to shave Superman's head. Uh, he's got to cut his oh, own hair yeah. and shave with his heat vision. So that was pretty true, cool. True. I appreciated that. That was that was pretty cool. And um, for part two, Tim's costume. I freaking love it. Um, yes. I don't know who designed yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know who designed it, but it rocks. Um, I know he calls it the multiversal suit, but I would like to see that a lot more. I think it's 
fucking cool. I also think it was noteworthy to note to 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 mention that um, every time Tim referred to himself as Robin in this story, it was bolded. Uh, the art is gorgeous, colors included. I'm really digging the backup. The story is cool, and I'm if I'm being honest, I I wish it was longer. Um, I did just like you guys. I enjoyed. I enjoyed this uh, much more than I did the first half, and um, I, you know, I think uh, the backup is gonna bring it up to an eight for me, just because I enjoyed it so much. And that fucking suit is cool, man. I, I for some reason, I assumed Brandon wouldn't like it. Am I wrong? Would or wouldn't? Would not. Oh, I mean, it's a cool suit, but. You know, I think, uh, I mean, I like the suit he has now, so I'm kind of kind of like, yeah, it could uh, go either way, I guess. All right, well, I guess I was wrong then. I, I really thought you were going to have some strong feelings on that one. <laughs> the big, no, I mean, the big it's, it's uh, just, garish like R kind of on the front of his suit. No, I mean, yeah, it just kind of looks like your, you know, your standard uh, multiversal travel suit. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, your average run of mill. Yeah, it's the one everybody's got. It's just a multiversal suit. Of course. I mean, I have one in my closet, so, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nothing special. Yeah. Yeah, Who exactly. doesn't? Starfleet hands them out to everybody. Exactly, exactly. It's fucking Starfleet. <laughs> I don't, for a second there, I thought you said Larfleet. I'm like, what? <laughs> or Larfleet? Is it? It's, I, yeah. I could barely hear it over the PA. I could Starfleet or, or Larfleet. It was definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Did you you gave your score? Yes, sir. I'm gonna give this one eight out of ten. But I can tell you that is not the score I gave our next book. Oh, right on. Yes, it is the Flash. Number 796, yeah. the end of the one-minute war. Uh, and assuredly, this did not last a minute, uh, they, those liars. Uh, but Josh is going to tell us all about the, <laughs> the end of the war. I, indeed, I am. And what this was like 24 pages, 25 pages, something like that. And um, yeah. wow, a lot happened. So... Uh, here we go with the extensive credits cre- credits list. Uh, it was written by Jeremy Adams with a uh, long list on the art team. For pencils, we've got Roger Cruz, George uh, Camba- I think it's Cambadas, um, and Fernando Passerin. Uh, inks came from Wellington Diaz, Eau Claire Albert, and Cambadas. Uh, colors were done by Louis Guerrero, Matt Herms, and Peter Pen. Pantazis, tease, uh, I can't talk. It's not Pantazis. Um, lettering by Rob Lee wrapped in a beautiful cover from Torin Clark. So now that I stumbled my way through that, let's get to the book. Um, so we start out exactly where we left off with Wally back, as well as everyone who died in Heroes in Crisis. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Gold Beetle is there as the one who seems to know what the hell's going on, and she's able to explain to Wally how he's not dead. Not just that, though. She explains how they're all still alive, too. Apparently, at a time when Wally was in Bart's body, he told Gold Beetle to save everyone, so she brought them there. 
which is outside of time, once called the Tom, once called the time point, but uh, once Wally stepped into the picture, he renamed it Planet Flash, which is 100% unequivocally, totally not e- egotistical at all. <laughs> hey guys, I'm just going to rename this after me. Um, so Gold Beetle was ab- able to save everyone but Roy, but says when she saw him in the future, she thought everything was okay. The reason why I mentioned that is because Wally asks for an explanation and she starts to answer about an old family trick that involves cloning, but we don't get to hear the whole story because Wally's like, yeah, we need to focus on the Fraction. So off they go, the others wearing the same getup as the Fraction to harness the speed force, but the kick there is their speed will only be able to last about a minute. Meanwhile, Barry is facing down the leader of the Fraction, whose uh, name I forget right now. But he gets the upper hand where he tears the Speed Force vest off of the dude. He meets up with Jay right after that, just in time for Wally and the rest of Team Dead. I feel like that's what I should call them now. Show up and start kicking ass, and even going after Miss Murder and killing her dogs. Ooh, I don't know how Peter's going to feel about that. <laughs> then the uh, that was funny. Shut up. Then the uh, the one minute that the vests would last run out. Uh, so Team Dead is off the playing field as of now. As Wally run towards the spire, the Fraction are having some issues inside. The leader of the Fraction is still able to move without his vest, and the rest of the Fraction realize that he is a natural Speed Force user. And then they attack him. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the spire, our heroes are laying out their plans, and Mac Mercur- Max Mercury lays out why they will win. He says he was never able to travel past this point in time because he was supposed to be right there at that moment. He also says that's why Jay has lived as long as he did, and why Bart came back through time to this specific time. Um, that's why they're all there. It's because they're supposed to be as a Flash family. Of course, that's in the page. Um, and off the family goes. Back with the Fraction and their leader, newly revealed to be a natural Speed Force user. Uh, he slaughtered all of the people who attacked him. Doesn't matter much, though. Uh, Vel, that's his name. Uh, He starts talking smack about how the Flash plan won't work without a direct connection to the Spire, but Wally is able to do some slick moves, Dr. Jones, and trap him inside one of the Spire's battery pods. And that's going to speed for... That's going to siphon the speed force uh, juice right out of him. Uh, That's going to let them send everyone back in time except for Vel. Uh, He's going to be held a prisoner outside of time sucks for him it works and we all travel to one minute earlier the fraction are now approaching earth but they fit they find that vel is missing so they turn around and go back home because they're tripped out about that he just kind of poofed weirds them out so uh though the whole team travels back one minute in time they all remember what happened which is good um so while everyone hugs and celebrates at the end Barry zooms off. He runs to where Iris was, where this all started with Iris's marriage proposal to Barry. 
He runs in just as she's storming out because, because she assumes that he freaked out and ran away when she asked him. Uh, he lays it all out pretty quickly about what happened and says yes. Gold Beetle, Ugg, the caveman, and Wade, the speedster, um, the kid that they saved from the fraction, they all hop up into the gold bug to go back to their respective times, and Wally and Linda go back to their barbecue. That's the story, pretty much. Uh, we do have an epilogue, though. A pretty interesting one, too. Off in the desert, where we saw Max Mer Mercury... Why can't I talk today? Max Mercury at the beginning of this event, um, trying to move farther in time like he's been known to do. He's staring off into the sunset, obviously wanting to try again. Um, now that they're taken, now that they have taken care of what he believes that they were all there for. Um, so that's when Bart shows up, knowing exactly what Max has uh, got going on his, in his head. And he tells Max that he's going with him. So, um, wow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, this one-minute war event was way better than I thought it would be going into it. As far as the art, most of it was damn incredible. I couldn't tell you whose art style in this issue is whose. Uh, I'm sure Brandon can. But there was one that I wasn't too fond of here and there throughout. Um, but everything else was fantastic. Uh, with every single issue I read, I was wondering where there was going to be some kind of a slip-up in this story. And I mean, we all knew that everything w was going to work out great in the end. But the, the way that they got there was just awesome. This issue was great. It dropped a lot of future stuff that hopefully comes to light later on. The heroes in Crisis Peeps are back, though I'm unsure where everyone went. Um, I'm assuming Ugg is going back to his time, but I, I guess the rest is up in the air um, because we don't, we're not really told what happens to them. Um, every page made me think we would get the kind of wrap-up that I hate. Lots of loose threads and uh, way too easy, but... When I turned the page, it just kept going with a few surprises I didn't see coming, and just it just kept getting better and better. It's a hell of a story, a hell of a wrap-up, and a hell of an issue. I can't sing enough praises about the One Minute War, man. I gave Flash a 9.5 out of 10. It rocks. Yeah, no, I, I think I mentioned last week that I was like Flash 796 because I'm special because I get my little early stuff here and now, which the guys <laughs> hate. But um, I mentioned that jealous. Flash 96 was literally just like the best possible ending you could have. And, and Absolutely. I, like even hearing you summarize it again, I was like, God, it's just literally everything you could have possibly wanted and a satisfying yep. conclusion. I mean, yes, the science was hokey. I agree. Very Superman, like, ooh, let's turn back the clock. But I will say, there, there actually was something that, as, as a minor note, before I give my... Actually, no, I'm just going to give my score. I, I gave this a 9.75 out of 10. Freaking love this issue. Um, epilogue almost had me in tears. That, that Bart and Max thing was like, that was so sweet. Because they... I mean, Bart really was kind of his surrogate father and, and definitely a better mentor than Wally or, or Barry ever was to him. And to see them just, like, go off and have their peace. Like, that could be the last we ever see of those two characters, and I would be totally happy. I mean, obviously, I want to see them again, but God, just to see them get their happy ending. Like, yeah, let's just go out and see what's out there and explore. And it's yep. like, oh, the tears, it's they're not real. I'm just, my, my face is just really sweaty because it's hot. 
Um, but yeah, even even <laughs> my um, eyes are sweaty. you know, kind of like my eyes are sweaty. Okay, um, <laughs> but but with uh, with kind of like hokey science aside, because I know turning back the city's time using the speed force is very silly and very ridiculous. Um, it's very one of those flash. things where it's kind of like very flash and i'm just like you know what whatever like it's flash what are you gonna do like i i i can't be too hard with this thing and i i know that feels like a very weak excuse but like i'm not i'm not gonna punish this book because it's not obeying all the laws of physics um i mean we're talking yeah, about aside from that i just everybody gets their powers from a very scientific from, explanation yeah, that just happens to be a, a little mystical, mystical and has its own consciousness. Yeah, mystical force yeah. of energy that somehow <laughs> keeps you young and a million other things. Like, if you try and overthink it, your mind will just go in endless loops. Um, but no, aside from that, I just, I had such a great time. Also, um, seeing Barry finally, finally have that, that proposal to Iris and just accept the fact that, yes, we want to be together and Build a life together and no more of this will they, won't they crap. Like, okay, let's move forward. Just just so many satisfying things in, in one issue that it was hard not to, to absolutely love it. I was very tempted to give this a 10 because I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, but uh, just, just I think maybe because of the kind of tonal differences between art, I had to dock it a couple points. But aside from that, I had such a great time um, and, and really... I mean, I would say excited to see what's next, but as we know by this point, Jeremy Adams' run is going to be coming to an end soon. So for as great as this issue was, it is slightly bittersweet because I think there's only a couple of issues left, and that really kind of sucks. But yeah, otherwise, just a a stellar conclusion, stellar issue all around. Yeah, there is exactly four issues of Jeremy Adams' run left which leaves me in a bit of a sour note uh, because I was equally as excited for all the future stuff that is supposed to be coming, namely the hints dropped about uh, just who the hell Wade is, the the speedster that they've saved from the fraction. Um, Jay and Blue Beetle, or Gold Beetle, I mean, Planet Flash is still dangling in front of us. Yeah, so much, the, dude. there's so much, Barton and Max. with four issues left, we we already know, thanks to solicits, what the stories are roughly going to be about. And even in in the end of this issue, you see next, uh, Wally and Linda look for a babysitter. Like, okay, so none of these plot threads are ever going to get resolved. Great, <laughs> we're never going to yeah. see this. No, thread. Don't say that. Don't say uh, that. I know. I know. I hope. I I hope we do. But it definitely feels like if Jeremy Adams is off the book. Who knows when, if at all, yeah. we will get to see these plot threads. It, it's really annoying. Because it's know. fucking awesome. Happens a lot in The Flash, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, you'd uh, be I, like, oh, this is cool. Let's replace him. Or, or, and this is... This is going to make you even more depressed, so I'm sorry in advance. But it <laughs> oh, no. could be uh-huh. something that is teased, a plot thread that is really cool, and you're like, God, I wish they'd do something with it. And then it comes back like 
10 years later and it's just a complete oh disappointment. And yes, I'm talking about Flash Rebirth where they tease <laughs> the team up between Hunter Zolomon and and uh, Eobard Thawne and everyone was like, oh shit, that's going to be the greatest thing ever. And then you oh, got it man. in the Williamson run and you're like, oh my God, this is it. And it was like one issue and it was so disappointing. Yeah. Just like the rest of his run. <laughs> yeah that Bazinga. that does not help so, Brandon but thank you yeah, I'm that. sorry I'm just going to make you even more depressed <laughs> I I definitely hope that does not happen I hope that's not the case um, I hope that maybe there's a surprise solicit in July that Jeremy Adams gets like a six issue Planet Flash run or something like awesome. it's just just that well, see he, I if, if anything, I want more Gold Beetle. Okay, I want more Gold Beetle in my life. I need more Gold Beetle in my life. Gold Beetle, to quote an old meme, Gold Beetle is love, Gold Beetle is life. Oh my god. Gold Beetle Best is new love, character man. in a long time. Yes. Specifically, Jay West's love. and Football is like Wally's life. Yeah. Well, the question um, now is... When is that inevitable first meeting going to be? I mean, who knows how many years down the line that can be, but I'm I'm excited for that. I want to see when that's going to happen. Because you probably oh, won't even realize it. Brandon, yeah. no, that's not the question. The question is Renee Montoya. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. You are the worst. You're the absolute worst. Nonsense. Thank you. I'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> um but you're right no that that is that is the question right now um who knows when if ever god i hope soon um as for the rest of the issue still you know, very good ending very happy everybody seems to be in a place where they are happy all except for the the general of the the fraction uh he he's very unhappy i would imagine <laughs> um i also agree uh that uh, this whole explanation with time travel doesn't make a lot of sense when you try to think about it and being the time travel fan that i am i definitely try to and i if, if you're a time travel fan you you try to reason with any time travel story you will come up with so many freaking plot holes it's not even funny, <laughs> Ain't but, that the truth. but that's the thing with the flash and time travel and that the flash TV show, at least the subreddit came up with the easiest explanation for the flash is speed force. I ain't got to explain shit. That's it. That's like, when it comes to flash time travel, that's the just speed force. There's your answer. There's you don't even need to think of just speed force. That's how it's happening. So <laughs> I'm not even going to dock points for it because I, if it was Avengers time travel, I'd question things. It was like Time Master time travel. Okay, maybe there's what's going on here, but no, it's the Flash. So okay, Speed Force did it. Gotcha. Um, I I'm on the fence about Bart and Max just zooming off into the distance because they, they're fan favorite characters. Realistically, especially for from people from my own generation. I imagine your generation too, Brandon. Um, okay. But, up well, I'm gonna. I'll let you finish, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna offer a rebuttal. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, like growing up in the '90s, they 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 were they were big name characters to a certain degree. Uh, and if there's a zooming off into the sunset, off to zoom, Lord zoom, knows zoom. when. Um, I'm curious if we will see them again. 
uh, and I hope we do. Um, be better. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. And I'm curious what your rebuttal is. My my rebuttal is this, and it's mostly just because I think we've all become a little jaded as comic fans, and we're we're sometimes apprehensive over what the future might entail. So my rebuttal is this: given everything that Bart has been through, that Max has been through, I mean, literally being wiped from continuity and forgotten, and God knows how long it was until they were brought back into the fold. Wouldn't you rather have them speed off into the sunset, like literally just the perfect ending on a high note and just enjoy the rest of their lives or have them come back and be written in an incredibly disappointing and frankly destructive story? I'm not saying that will happen, Uh, but at this point, considering where the direction of the Flash might be going, I'm kind of happy just seeing them run off into the distance. I'm I'm thinking like, maybe this is because we're talking about Spider-Man, but I'm thinking like if they had just let Pete get married and just go off and be on his own, he would just be happy and away and untainted. And it's like, just let them be instead of bringing them back in a story that's like, you know, death of the Flash family or, you know, the death of Max Mercury or I don't know, some some kind of story that entails their death or destruction or something like that. Like I would I'd rather just let them have their happily ever after than see them come back and be mediocre at this point. That's fair. Although I would gladly accept uh, to to your point about, you know, Jeremy Adams continuing his story. I would also gladly accept the six issue series of just Max and Impulse running off and having, you know, oh, Speed Force yeah. adventures because that would be awesome. Yeah. Or we work towards if, if Wally was... establishing this Planet Flash thing and then Bart and Max come back and they're like, ah, the future is dead. Something shit like that. Oh, they just knock around the shit out of it? That'd be cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, if I was going to see Jeremy Adams write a six-issue mini with Bart, I want it to be Bart and ace as a duo oh that would be awesome too yeah that would oh be so God. which also yeah. did you catch the little fist bump that was in it was very subtle it is in the background of the art it's like one of the pages but i saw that and it made my heart flutter their their that. friendship has been like one of the highlights of this art wait see what i hate calling him ace as much as you hate the silver costume <laughs> that's not that bad um, but no it, it's horrible. like sort of towards the end yeah it's sort of towards the end when they've defeated the fraction and I think they're all standing on the bridge or something um, and there's like a panel if you go through the issue you'll find there's a panel of just like Bart and Ace sharing a, a little fist bump it's I just made made my heart sing made it go up okay. later I gotta yes. double check that. that that sounds good um, what was next? Uh, I really enjoyed the art. The only throughout. one we got left. I, I thought uh, oh. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Um, what was the only other thing I wanted to mention? Shazer. Adventures of Superman. Shoot. No, with the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Speed Force. Wally and Linda, baby. Bart. Uh, is Lagoon Boy gonna join the Titans again? Oh, that'd be cool. Didn't see a lot of Jay this issue, I think. Like Jay yeah. Garrick. No, 
because they explain yeah. why he's old. And does that mean he's going to age now? Fuck, I hope not. Interesting uh, question. It is. Uh, leave him, leave him in the gray-haired, mid sixty to seventy range. He'll be fine as yeah. long as Alan's around. He'll be around. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's that's true enough. But yeah. um, again, speaking of again, weird speed aging, force, yeah, got explain shit. Um, yeah. Exactly. Well, comic books. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, when you're trying to explain <laughs> something, it's always going to eventually boil down to because comic books. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but nine nine out of ten for the Flash, I will give. Uh, very enjoyable, very nice. Um, yeah. And as has been mentioned, we are going to finish strong with Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number two. Not Jonathan, John, because that is weird. And this is brought to it by, uh, brought to us by me. Uh, and this is written by Tom Taylor with art from Clayton Henry, colors from Jordi Belair, letters from Wes Abbott, and a very nice cover from Clayton Henry and Marcelo Maiolo. A very menacing cover, I might add. We open with a flashback to John as a child, and it's the last time we will ever see it, of him in the volcano uh, on Earth-3 when he was captured by Ultraman, and he spent some time there. Ultraman being the menacing, devilish, evil self he is, uh, just kind of threatens him. Uh, and then we jump back to the present in the Fortress of Solitude, where uh, Jay, Lois, and... Uh, okay... Uh, Lar- uh, which Zod is he? Valzod. Valzod, um, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, John and Red Tornado Lois from Earth 2 are all uh, hatching a plan to, or, or devising what the plan will be going forward with John and trying to explain to John why these two characters from Earth 2 are here to see him and help him save the Clark Kents of the multiverse. Um, John arrives with a Phantom Zone projector. Uh, the plan most likely being they're going to trap Ultraman in the Phantom Zone, which I think was tried before, and didn't he just bust out of it or some shit? I might be thinking of somebody else. Um, no, if I'm not mistaken, that was just done in, uh, what was it called? War on Earth 3 or whatever. They tried to take him out, and they busted the... He broke the Phantom uh, zone projector there. Oh, he broke the projector, yeah. Oh, maybe that's it, yeah. See, I completely blocked that event from my memory. So Should always block anything with Ultraman in it. <laughs> I don't want to block this. This is Except good so far. This one. <laughs> this one. Alright, so this one definitely reads. This one gets a pass, yeah. Um so they, they do their explanations of what's going on. Uh, and John and Lois have a nice heartfelt moments about what's, uh, what the future may hold for John. Uh, remind me, where's Clark right now? He's off planet. They said something like that. Conveniently. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was just wondering like what, why the hell is Clark not here? Um, right. And Lois hands him what looks to be a Kryptonian crystal, which is a message in case he needs it. Um, as Jay, uh, yeah, Jay and Lois were talking earlier, uh, Lois tells him to make sure John promises him to come home 
because Superman will never break a promise. Uh, and Jay does just that, seals it with a kiss, uh, and John promises to come home for sure. The trio of Valzad, John, and Red Lois, uh, I, I don't know how to really, Red Tornado, you know, Red Tornado Lois, they jump into another universe, uh, which Red, Tor Red, Red Lois uh, has the built-in capabilities of tracking when uh, a jump was made to another universe, but not necessarily tracking Ultraman himself, but she could track the energy signature of a multiverse jump. So they jump to the universe that Ultraman has jumped into and are flying around searching for him uh, as they chat. John is trying to figure out why him, of all the multiverse, uh, of all the universes in the multiverse, why him, of all the Johns, as Valzon explains, time is kind of relative it's it flows the same and in most universes john kent's are pretty much still children they're too young uh, there's only one other john kent's his age but his universe is infested with the undead i wonder where dun, that dun, is dun. maybe we should ask tom taylor maybe, maybe he knows maybe <laughs> maybe um, so as they're flying around, looking around, and, uh, Lois, uh, Red, sorry, Red Lois, uh, again, reassures him that he is the man for the choice, but the, uh, a man for the job, but she, her sensors start flaring off as she senses Ultraman on the way, he is coming very quickly, and he flies right through her, shattering her to pieces as she falls out of the sky, and Valzad screams after her and chases to try and catch her in as many uh, catch as many pieces as he can leaving just John to fight Ultraman his basically his nightmare demon uh, by himself <laughs> they fall to the ground yep. and the Phantom Zone projector falls on Ultraman's feet conveniently uh, he picks it up and begins to use it on Valzad and Red Lois but John doesn't make it he almost does see i tricked you there i thought you thought he was going to save it but no he doesn't valzad and lois are trapped in the phantom zone and john <laughs> gets really pissed off and blasts him with heat vision but ultraman being the crafty bitch he is holds the phantom zone projector in front of him so uh john basically incinerates the only thing that could save valzad and red lois um good job john uh, singes Ultraman's shirt a little bit, but John, that doesn't job. really do much to him. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, John, good job. Yeah, John. Yeah, good job, John. Um, yeah, so singes Ultraman a little bit, leaves him with some uh, some chars on him, but doesn't really phase him much. Uh, he flies right into John, gives him a choke, punches him away, gives his beat vision, is about to just bring the pain, but then John's latent power is awoken by the Namekian guru, uh, and his lightning ability <laughs> is has popped out the the abilities that we saw in the uh, Lazarus Planet event, and the same abilities his father had in the early two thousands. Um, and he brings the beat down on Ultraman, cool. sending him careening into conveniently into a crater. Yes, a crater he created, but the crater nonetheless. Uh, as his power just begins to fade and he's weakened himself out, he collapses as Ultraman begins to stir gets up, 
puts his hand around John's throat and it begins to basically choke the life out of him, saying, I'll make sure your lowest suffers. But then with a whoosh, somebody arrives, puts his hands around Ultraman's head, says, no, you won't, and cracks his neck solid. And this is the page where John, uh, sorry, where Josh sheared. This is the page that Josh loved the most. And this made Josh's favorite comic book of all time. Because Ultraman he, was he, killed. I instantly. literally, <laughs> I literally went yes out loud. I, I, I knew you had. You had to have. You had to have. Well, <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, Josh, but there is actually another crime syndicate that exists in the antimatter universe. For yeah, those but of you we don't know the if they're still around after Infinite Frontier. Uh, I would say that it doesn't seem like they have been altered in any way, and uh, there's I wouldn't be zero reason to dash my hopes, Brandon. You're just being it, me. It, right it, now. Uh, this this could actually I'm be that. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I gotta be that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and who should it be to crack Ultraman's neck? Who who could crack a Kryptonian's neck? Uh, break it in half, basically. Well, we've seen that Not before. Not man, even though he said hoo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, hoo hoo hoo. No, um, we have seen this before in Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, and it was none other than Superman himself. And yes, it is Superman yet again, mm. but not the Superman you know, the other Superman you know from the hit video game Injustice and the hit comic book, also written by Tom Taylor, <laughs> conveniently. Regime Superman has arrived, kills Ultraman, and John is just shocked with a you killed him. And then Regime Superman looks down at John and with a great row says, You have your mother's eyes and begins to cry. And holy shit, what an ending! Uh, I know, seriously. Yeah, so before I get into that, that big reveal. Uh, which we all knew was coming, but still, what a frickin' reveal. A very well-paced story so far. I don't think it wastes any time uh, with the two issues we have so far. They're just going right for the plot, and I appreciate that. Um, the art is really good. Uh, I was very excited to see Earth 2 characters back. Also, again, conveniently written by Tom Taylor at times. Um, <laughs> he loves to reference his own work, which I'm not against. I just find it funny that no. it's he's he's written so many different versions of characters. He can just reference them all at this point. It's great. Uh, now for the meat and potatoes. Hell of an intro, like I said, for Regime Superman. This is going to be good, I believe. Um, I can't wait to see where this is going to go because this, this is the first time the Injustice world, I believe, is interacting with the rest of the comic world, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, very yeah, first time. So, yeah. Um, Deceased as well. Deceased has not crossed knows. over into main continuity yet either. This is the no, first time. No, realistically, well. yeah. I don't imagine it will. It seems to be a fairly self-contained one. Um, and technically it still hasn't. It was really just mentioned. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes in the future. Maybe Tom Taylor has some other stuff up his sleeve. Um, but yeah, no, Injustice Regime Superman looks awesome. Uh how's John going to respond to seeing his father as a killer? You know, it's just wild. And and just that reaction from Regime Superman, like he lost his child the second he found out it existed because uh, he killed his own Lois because of uh, God, who was it? Was it Joker or Joker. was it something else? Yeah. 
It yeah, I know Joker was involved, but was it was a Joker gas that made him think Lois was Joker, or was it something else? No, I mean Joker killed Lois, and he flipped out and put his no, hand. No, no, in no, his no, chest. no, no. Joker used um, Scarecrow gas. Yeah, it was on, Scarecrow gas on yeah. Superman, and made him think that Lois Lane was Doomsday. And because there was such oh, destruction oh, going on, yeah. he punched a hole right through the middle of Doomsday. Yeah. Which was definitely not Doomsday. Was that, that was in the comic, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The video game was a little different. Was I it? I do remember something about. It's been about, a while since I played it. About Superman flying somebody up into space to suffocate them. Which might have been. Doomsday. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't punching a hole. That's what it was. Yeah, he, he punched him, a hole through the Joker later to kill him for yeah, making him yeah. kill Lois. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then he, then Lois, said Clark or something, and then died, and then Clark snapped out of it and watched his wife die in front of him, uh, at his own hands, and then heard the secondary heartbeat slowly wither away. I, uh, I, I kind of don't blame him <laughs> for <laughs> wanting to punch a hole through the Joker, you know? Um, so, yeah, this is it's going to be a hell of a, a story. I'm excited to see where this goes. Nine out of ten for this as well. Solid issue. For real, dude. For real. And um, yeah. I think my biggest question, I think my biggest question about this entire story, just from this one issue my entire my, the only question I really have is like I know that the ride is going to be fun to get there but what the hell now, where is this going to land John after this is all done yeah really that's my biggest question is how does this end for John I, I you know the the, 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 the um, Injustice crossover that's cool as hell mentioning deceased that's cool as hell but i'm very curious where john is going to end up being when this is all done or who he's gonna end up being there's a lot of potential exactly. here man um it's got a kick-ass cover too i thought that was really cool i i enjoyed most of the art in it rob is right i it, as i mentioned before i i yelled yes when when uh when injustice clark killed ultraman Finally, somebody fucking did it. It needed to be done. Um, yeah. Like I said, the the I enjoyed most of the art because it's good in most places. Some places, not quite. Um, I did think that we were going to have at least two more issues before the Ultraman thing was resolved. But Taylor kills him off super quick, which is obviously the greatest gift anyone has ever given DC Comics. Um <laughs> And also, I mean, that apparently was uh, that was just a kind of a decoy. Ultraman is obviously not the focal point of this story at all. Um, I didn't see that coming. Obviously, neither did John. But I am totally down with it. Uh, Tater's uh, Tater. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Taylor. Um, his usual pacing—it's pretty much thrown right out the window. Um, this is this is moving real quick. This is like his deceased kind of kind of pacing, where it's, you know you either get stuff like uh, 
Superman, John Kent, or, or, or Nightwing where things have this slow build to them, or you get shit like Deceased where it's like he doesn't know how to let off the gas pedal. Both, yeah. to me, are great, and I'm along for the ride. Um, the, the thing is, though, this was one hell of an issue. So the rest of the arc or series, whatever this is going to end up being, um, it has to it has to be stellar, or else it's going to be stale after some after a setup like this. Um, you know what? Uh, this gets two different scores this month. Um, the initial official score for the podcast is a solid eight point seven five for the book. The actual score for this issue owing to the death of Ultraman, is approximately 6,872 out of 10. <laughs> Best comic book Josh, issue ever. Josh is going to get a copy of this and just get it graded right away and framed it's and graded. never yeah, get hang it on my wall. But not, not even just get the that cover. Panel. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll fold the, yeah, the issue over panel. to that page of Ultraman getting killed and have that framed and graded. <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a wooden plaque with a brass plate underneath it that says greatest moment in comics history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yes. Yeah, all right, Brandon, A2... Yeah, no, for me, I, I mean, I don't have much to say that uh, hasn't already been said, um, but uh, I don't know. It's it, that, that's definitely how you uh, that's definitely how you do a cliffhanger, I have to say. Um, so I was also in the same camp as you, Josh. Yeah, where I, I was not expecting the injustice uh, connection so fast, but yeah. I guess we're just kind of moving right along uh, with this uh, this six issue mini. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's next. I mean, first issue, I felt like cool concept, but I wasn't completely sold. But now I'm really like, okay, multiverse, full steam ahead. Like, let's go. So, let's yeah, see where it takes no, us. Uh, this one got in, uh, yeah, this one got an 8 out of 10 for me. Right on. All right, so that's our books for the week. Um, I thought it was going to be a short one, but damn, we've been going a while. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's bust into our top three books of the week and favorite moment if we had one. We do. We do. But there's sometimes there's a lot to talk about. Conveniently, there was a lot of news. Uh, all right. Brandon, you want to start us off? My pleasure. Yeah, no. At uh, number five, I would have to give it to Adventures of Superman. Number two. Uh, at number two, feels weird to say, um, I have Poison Ivy number 11. Again, just uh, kind of continuing this this uh, epic Pamela Isley story. But at number one, with an issue so good, I cannot, re cannot wait to read it again and again and again. I gave it to Flash 796. Loved this issue. And, uh, I mean, again, as bittersweet as it is, knowing that Jeremy Adams' time on The Flash is soon to uh, to be over this was just a really great way to end this uh, this arc my favorite moment would probably just be that entire last page with barton max it was just like that was uh, like literally it could have been the last we ever saw of them and it would have been the perfect capstone to their relationship and i loved it right on uh, yeah josh Oh, all right. Well, I think mine are the exact same as Brandon's. I gave number three to Adventures of Superman, number two to Poison Ivy, and number one to Flash. 
Um, the first and second place were actually just swapped around during this podcast. But uh, I love both of them so much. As far as my favorite moments, um, uh, in Batman, there were two of them that were kind of cool. Showing that kind of knowledge for Superman not having his haircut, that was whip. Uh, calling an army of bat, uh, of man bats the leather wings, that was so fucking corny. I feel like I wrote it. Um, but of course, I I think it's I think it's pretty obvious. My favorite moment is going to be Ultraman is dead. There is there is no greater Wait, really? joy in the DC universe at this moment. Tom Taylor, um, I one hundred percent platonically love you. <laughs> oh man, this this is the greatest gift I have is seeing Josh so ecstatic about a, a single so, panel. I've never so seen you happy. so happy. I don't, oh. When I saw that page, I'm like, Josh is going to go apeshit. <laughs> My eyes oh, are misting fantastic. up right now. <laughs> Just in a pure, un, unfiltered joy. Um, my top three is very similar, same books, different order. Number three, I had Poison Ivy. Number two, I had The Flash. And number one, I had Adventures of Superman. Just had a grand old time with that. Uh, it just beat out The Flash. Um, and favorite moments, uh, I couldn't pick one, so I just wrote Gold Beetle. <laughs> just in, in general. I'm Anytime she's on the page. That's my favorite moment. <laughs> pick <Right>. one. <laughs> so yeah, she is a really I, I desperately need more Gold Beetle, and I need more Gold Beetle written by Jeremy Adams. That's what I need. Yes. Yes. I I also would love to see, uh, let's say, Blue and Gold meets Gold Beetle, co-written by Jurgens and Adams. Holy shit! That'd be Ooh. one of my favorite fun. things, but. I don't think that'll ever happen. That that'd just be one of my, that's one of my comic dreams right now. I uh, think if if they did that, I, I feel like they would be obliged to do the Flash one twenty three, um, cover like an homage cover where on one side it's it's Gold Beetle, on the other side it's like Blue Beetle or Booster Gold, and someone is like, oh, save me, and it's like, on. I'll do it. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. I can yeah, see it right be, now, and I just I want it so bad. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Drawn, of course, by Dan Jurgens. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. You just made my dream better. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, man. Okay, we could go on and on about the, the potential ramifications of that team-up happening, but we have to talk about something else. See, that was our favorite potential moments, uh, but now it's time for your favorite actual moment. It is... The biggest, biggest thinker. thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm going to start off here. Uh, under biggest thinker, I just wrote, nah, I, I didn't have one. <laughs> I enjoyed everything this week. Batman was probably the weakest, but definitely not enough to make the stink list. I, I still really enjoyed it. So that's me. How about you, Brandon? Ooh, uh um, my biggest thinker, I mean, I would probably also give it to Batman, which is definitely the weakest issue this week. Um, but I mean, it wasn't so bad that I want to put it on the stink list. So I might, I might uh, abstain this week. 
I'm kind of right there with you guys. Um, even counting this week's honorable mentions, which were all really good, uh, if I had to put one on the stink list, it would be Batman. Uh, the backup really helped it out a lot, but the the main story and the main part and its art, especially, um, I just felt very whelmed. And uh, after a lot of great issues, this just felt lackluster for me. Um, but it, you know, I still gave it an eight out of ten, so I'm I'm not hating on it. Yeah. It was just definitely oh, yeah, the weakest issue. I want to point out that's that's one of my favorite descriptive words for just a feeling. It's just whelmed, not over, not under, just whelmed. Yeah. It's just yeah. whelmed. Just I, I perfectly think Tim Drake for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that, that is our show. Remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram discord subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews articles and more and as always there's only one way we say goodbye around here until next time be good to each other and don't be a robot